Shalom, everybody. We're here, Baruch Hashem, in Uman. Unbelievable. We're in the, one of the synagogues outside of the Kever of Rabbi Nachman. Baruch Hashem, after midnight, on the 10th of Tevet. What more can you ask for? And an amazing time to dive in and learn. We are continuing with where we left off in Likute uh, Alachot, section Orachaim. Birkat Hoda'a, the laws of giving blessings over giving thanks, discourse number six which is based on the Kutimuran Lesson 24. We're now summarizing, finalizing, paragraph 21, where, like we said last time, Rav Nossin went into a few more details of the significance for the whole year of some of the Hanukkah customs, in particular, the custom that we follow, Beit Hillel, of what's called Mosif Veholech, that on the first night of Hanukkah, you light one candle, second, it's two, we go up. As opposed to Beit Shammai, where we said he starts at number 8 and goes down. But Rav explained what's the whole significance. We went into it, that the initial light is the light of the tzaddikim, that help us to, to, to inflame the simcha that is needed through the daily challenges of darkness that we go through, you have an initial light. And this is what Hanukkah represents for the entire year, that whenever you find yourself in such a dark situation, don't know where to, where to start. The light of the tzaddikim, which means you strive in your lifetime, in your year, not just on Hanukkah, to connect to the light of the tzaddikim through their advice, following their teachings, connecting to them, many, many devotions in that. This gives you like a springboard that whenever you feel alone and in the dark and frustrated and confused, that you can use the tzaddikim to infuse them. They, they help you, enlighten you with an idea in order to come out. There's an amazing story told in Siberia during World War II. There was a breast lover from Poland. His name was Rav Yitzchak Gelbach. And he was put in Siberia for like about 10 years because of uh, illegal actions that he put out a Jewish calendar for 10 years. He put out what was called the 10-year Jewish calendar. So the KGB back then, the Russian officials, they said, ah, you put out a 10-year calendar, so we're putting you in, in Siberia for 10 years. So there was a point, we almost froze to death, because in Siberia it was very cold, and they had places where they had like stock of food, and they had to put, they had to put guards protecting from wolves and animals who tried to come steal food in the middle of the night, but it was pretty dangerous, because sometimes the wolves would eat the people themselves. So they would take turns in who had to be the shomer, the guard overnight. It wasn't every night the same person. It was like by, by on route, right? There was a tour for that. So uh, came Rav Yitzchak Gelbach's turn, and he's sitting there in the freezing cold at the entrance to the, the room, the section where the food is, and he's freezing to death. And he says to himself, you know, I should, I'd rather be dead than to be like this. And while freezing cold and exhausted, don't forget, these people didn't like sleep during the day. They would work during the day, and then that, when that night, night shift had to come, you had to also be up for the night. So he fell asleep in the middle of the job. And while he slept, he dreamt, he saw one of the breast of Chassidim responsible for bringing him to breast of Yitzhak Breiter, who was killed in Treblinka in the Holocaust. And in his dream, he told him, this is what I taught you about? I taught you how to die as a breast liver? I taught you how to live as a breast liver, to be besimcha, what is this? And he woke up, 
And that dream, he said afterwards, that, that, saved, that changed his life. That saved his life. The dream that he had, I taught you to die as a breast liver. I taught you how to live as a breast liver. That's what gave him the encouragement to hold on. And in fact, he held on. And miracles happened that after World War II, uh, the Russians came out with a type of leniency for Polish citizens who were put on false, char- false and wrong and bad charges in Siberia to get out early. And he got out in 1945 instead of spending 10 years. He spent like maybe one or two years, maybe even a bit more in, in Siberia. But the point is, you see, he was attached to a tzaddik. In this case, Rabbi Nachman, through the teachings and the guidelines of the Breslev Chasidim, And in a darkest moment of his life, it came to him by himself. It's similar to the concept that when Yosef HaTzadik was about to sin, we're coming up in this week's parsha, on the Rashi is going to open up the verses and the blessings towards Yosef. Midei Avir Yaakov Misham Yisrael. Rashi brings down on this verse. We're going to see it in the parsha Vayichi that Yosef was about to sin with Potiphar's wife, but the image of Yaakov Avinu came to save him. And Rabbi Nachman says, this is not something stam, that an image comes to save a person. But we're taught that if this image didn't come, Yosef would have fallen. This is the concept that when you are in dark situations in life, if you invest in the right areas of Judaism, namely to invest in coming close to tzaddikim, it's a payoff in that when you're faced with dangerous, scary situations, the tzaddikim come to help you, B'zat Hashem. So like Joseph, like the image of Yaakov coming to Yosef is the idea of a tzaddik coming to help a person in his time of need. Yosef was sincere and honest and he was about to fall big time and lo and behold, this image of Yaakov, he knew was the tzaddik vis-a-vis Yosef. Yosef is called the tzaddik, but Yosef tzaddik was his father. Yaakov Avinu came to save him. This is the concept <coughs> when you have a tzaddik in your life, it's there to help you in the darkest situations of life. So now Rav Rosen continues with this idea that he developed in the last class that we gave on this paragraph 21. He says like this, and this is summarizing this section of the ideas of Hanukkah, but it applies for the whole year, the idea that he's mentioning here. Valken, Beyom Sheni de Hanukkah, Hu Mosif Veolech Umadlik Thus we can understand the following, like based on what we said earlier, that on the second day of Hanukkah, we do like Beit Hillel, Mosif We add another candle, like two candles, not just one. According to Allah, don't forget, Allah says, minimal requirement is to light one candle every night of Hanukkah. So if you light every night of the eight nights of Hanukkah, one candle, you did the mitzvah. There's what's called Mehadrin, Mehadrin Mina Mehadrin. There's beautifying and doing the mitzvah at best. And it's so amazing that the halacha is so concerned that the Jewish people on Hanukkah don't do the minimal, be mehadrin and mehadrin, mehadrin. It's something very interesting that Hanukkah, the halacha goes out of its way to encourage the Jews do ideally the, the, what's called the highest mehadrin. You would think, like one candle, it's enough. No, the custom of all the Jews is mosif yeholech. Everybody does this, okay? And we light on the second night two candles, kinitva sefaor, because what happened? You've added light. From the initial light, that's why we go back to the first candle every night. On the second night, we go back to one candle, the, yesterday's candle, to commemorate the first day, plus the additional candle. The in halacha, the candle that's additional is this, the one that's lit in second. The first one is for tonight, 
And we go back to the second one to show, but today's candle is due to yesterday's candle, right? And also the third day. Look what he says. And that's also on the third day. You add, because the third day's candle is dependent on yesterday's candle, which is dependent on the first day. We're always going back to the first day. Okay? Connecting them. We're lighting them. There's a second opinion that no, the candle you're lighting today is really commemorating the first initial light, because that's what, that was the whole miracle, is that the, the oil that was put on the first night of Hanukkah, that oil lasted for the, all, all the days. So when I'm lighting on the third and the fourth day of Hanukkah, the candle, it's commemorating the initial first day candle. There's two opinions on how to look at it. This one makes more sense, by the way, that the one you're lighting today is really corresponding to the first day candle, not the second and third extension, but the initial one. To show you that this is where the light is coming from. In our context, this is where the light of Simcha is coming in your daily grudges and your daily challenges. It's due to the initial one. Okay? But, and he said, and we mentioned this in the, earlier, he said, in, in, the, in the last class. And now, through the holiness of lighting the Hanukkah candles, that's the whole thing. The whole idea of Hanukkah is that it should have a lasting effect for the entire year. Through the lights of Hanukkah, in this idea, this format, of drawing the light of the first day, the light of the tzaddikim, into the other days, to shine simcha in your life, you're able to shine this pathway, this derech, for the whole entire year. That whenever you are going through dark, darkness and challenges of lack of simcha, the tzaddikim are there to enlighten your light to spark your light again, which is like the idea of lighting the Hanukkah candles, Mosif Veholech, and that's the goal. Sheyargil, look, Rav Nosin is amazing. Sheyargil bechol yom uvechol et lamshich al atzmo simcha. What is this derech that we're looking about? That a person should accustom himself, yargil. He should train and accustom himself every day, every time, to draw upon himself happiness. Rav Nosin is saying, is giving us a direction in life. You should aim more than anything else. Nachon, like we spoke about earlier with someone here. People are davening and learning, but if they're not happy, if they're not happy, come on, what did they get? If you're like always constipated and you're learning and everything, what did you gain? <laughs> what did you gain? Okay? So Rav is saying, you have to train yourself that all your Torah and prayer is in a cup. What's the cup? The cup of Simcha. Again, this goes back to also what we said, that Parshat Kitavo where it says all the curses in Parsh, the 98 curses, it says these curses come upon you, right? all these curses and punishments come because you didn't serve Hashem with joy. Hashem is not concerned of you serving Hashem. It's how you're serving Hashem, which will determine that punishment will come in, that you'll fall off, because there's no simcha in your devotion. Okay? So because of that, a person has to train. Rav Nosson says you have to work on it to train. This is in the merit of the tzaddikim. That's why you need the tzaddikim to light your light in your life, to spark. And that's the idea of Hanukkah, that all Jewish people in the world have a taste of what it is to be close to a tzaddik. That's the idea of lighting the Hanukkah lights. You're lighting the light of the tzaddikim to shine this light of joy into your life. So this pathway is, is for the whole year that a person should train himself every day, every moment, to draw upon himself joy. And Rav Nosson goes on and he says... Fascinating. <coughs> this joy, 
that you draw upon yourself comes from where? Comes from, and he has a very funny wording, Rav Nosin, and it's not by chance. He says it's through the deep amkut, the depth of the true advice, advices, advice, etzot, that have been revealed by the tzaddikim that are drawn from a very, very lofty plane, a lofty level. Now, the wording is amazing. Rav Nosen could have said that a person should train himself every day, every moment, to draw upon himself joy through, he could have just said, through the true advice. That's already a big statement. The true advice revealed by the tzaddikim. Okay, but he added a word. Through the depth, amkut, to the deep true advice. Me, what does it make a difference? That everything the tzaddikim teach, you know, already just the, the, the advice revealed, that already does a change. But he say no. The depth of the true, true advice. What does he mean by that? So Rav Nosen, you can see that he's hinting to that when you learn and discover advice revealed by tzaddikim, it's one thing to just learn it on surface level and begin to apply it. But more is demanded of you in order to reap more profits and benefits of the tzaddikim is that if you delve into the depth of these advices, because he said, Rav Nosin, that joy, you can draw joy upon yourself through the depth of the true advices revealed by the tzaddikim. What do I care, depths? Ah, because the more you delve into the depth, because the, 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 the advice that tzaddikim reveal in the Torah, they have great depth. But you don't see it at first level. On, first, say for, on surface level, face value, I see an advice. Advice to say to Kulaklali, okay, I did it. Advice to get up at midnight, to go to the mikveh, to do it, I'm doing it. But the more you learn about it, the more you, you tap into the simcha behind the advice. The simcha that you reap, benefit from the mitzvah, will be determined on how far you dig deep in going into the, you learn it, fine. But you can choose to stay, okay, I want to stay at face value and just apply. But how long are you going to run on that gas? The more you dig into the omek of the advice of the tzaddikim, the more you reap simcha to the extent, nafkamina, what does that mean that it do, do to me? That I'm able to have more simcha drawn upon me from the light of the tzaddikim, commensurate to how much I work to learn and delve into the advice that they revealed. What do I gain? More simcha. I gain something. It's not an intellectual accomplishment. No. It's now I'm gaining more when I do the mitzvah. I feel more simcha according to how much I can dig. Again, Hashem only comes to person according to what he can do. But if you can do 200 and you're settling with five, why? Why waste, why waste the opportunity when you have the capability of, and it's within your reach. You're like, no, I'm not a big Tamit Chacham from, from Mir Yeshiva or Bnei Brak or Ponovich. No, I'm just a little guy. Yeah, but Hashem has allowed you with a capacity to go deeper and you're not purposely, so you lose out. On what? On the, the lack of simcha needed from the, that you get you reap from the tzaddikim which you could have done much more if now you go according to the omek the depth that you can so each person according to how deep they can go in learning and in delving into the vice of the tzaddikim that's how much simcha you reap when you do the mitzvah with tmimut you have tmimut you have simplicity in doing it but because when you learned it you went to the maximum Rabbeinu says in lesson 62 it's a big mitzvah for a person 
Rabbeinu says a few times in the Kutimran, it's a big mitzvah. For example, it's a big mitzvah to be always happy. It's a big mitzvah to sing Zemirot on Shabbat. And he says in Lesson 62, it's a big mitzvah to sharpen your intellect. Meaning what? Did you go to the maximum? When it comes to performance, I forget about the Sechel, and I do the mitzvah of simplicity. But commensurate with how much I dug in learning the depth of the advice of the tzaddikim, that's how much I reap on joy. Okay? <coughs> because the tzaddikim, the advice that they reveal, it's, it's, it, the depth is endless. Why? Because the advice they reveal comes from a very lofty place. It's not like you go to some rabbi and he gives you like a simple advice and that's it. The, tzaddik, the advice revealed by the true, the true advice of the tzaddikim comes from a very, very high level. Mibechinat, from which level? Mibechinat, tisha, hechalin, haniskarim le'em. The advice revealed from the tzaddikim are coming from the infinite light itself. The tzaddikim, they use the Torah, fine, they have access to the Torah. But when they tap into the infinite light, they're now getting a high dosage of a lens from the infinite light, shining through the Torah, revealing to people advice that was there all along, but nobody can see it unless they have the lens of the infinite light, shining into the Torah, and then you see these things that nobody else sees. And it's there all along. How come I don't see it? Because the lens of the infinite light is not there. The tzaddikim, through what Rabbi Nachman discussed in Lesson 24, that they create nine chambers by doing mitzvot with joy, going up and up and up, and they're ready to receive the infinite light, and then they're bounced back, and they take the bounce back properly with simcha, it builds these, like we had into the nine <coughs> vessels, the nine is created from three times three, the three sections of the brain, chokhmah, bina, da'at, in perceiving godliness, they become intermingled, so it becomes three times three, equals nine, and these nine chambers serve as a conduit for the tzaddikim to use to perceive vessels to receive the infinite light, and then they shine it into the Torah, and from the Torah they reveal advice. For example, the example Rav Nosen brings in Likute Alachot, where Rabbi Nachman reveals in Likute Imran Lesson 7 that through the mitzvah of tzitzit, being careful of the tzitzit, it helps you to have what's called Shemirat Abrit. Okay? Now, when you learn the mitzvah of the Torah, you don't see it necessarily on... You have to... Do you have to have the introductory teachings of the tzaddikim now that you see what they say and then you see it in the Torah? Ah, I see it now. How come I didn't see it before? Because I don't have the lens of the tzaddikim or perceiving things from the infinite light shining through the Torah, giving me this boost, Bezat Hashem. Okay? And the goal of the tzaddikim is to shine this light into the people, okay? Until a person merits that he elevates his soul from the place that he is, is trapped in the exchange chambers until he goes up, etc. He doesn't go to it, and as mentioned above, Thank you.